Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Post Game Content Podcast. I'm Alex, and this here with me right now is Tom. Hey, I'm Tom. That's Tom, everybody. All right. We got a show this week. Going to talk about some games. Going to uh, We both played Hollow Knight this week, so oh, yeah. we're both going to talk about the same game. I think that's a good way to get some chemistry going, get some <laughs> sparks flying. It's nice when we, when we actually both know what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. But here's the thing. I This month, I really, really wanted to play... Red Dead Redemption, uh-huh. which I've never played before. Yeah, I watched a video about it on YouTube. I was raring to go. So I go on PS4 to the PS4 market, mm-hmm. the store. I look, I'm like, okay, how much is Red Dead Redemption going to cost? Because it's been out forever. It's not on there. Yeah, I was about to say, I think I know where this is going. Am I the only one who didn't know this? Uh, n- yes. No, I don't know. This is I, the- it was never remastered or anything. It was a PS3 game. They should remaster. That's a popular game, right? Uh, they remastered Last of Us. It's got to be more popular than Last of Us. I don't know about that. No? Well, actually, first, this is embarrassing, but first I checked on Steam. I don't know why I thought it was on Steam. <laughs> it's, but, it's worth a look. Yeah, I guess. But um, I just I kept finding Red Dead Revolver, and I'm like, this isn't what I want. What the no. fuck is this? Um, yeah, but the only way to play it on PS4, because I don't still have my gigantic hulking ps3 hand oh, yeah you had the anywhere. original ps3 yeah i don't have the space slim shit i don't have the space to keep that thing in my home uh i i there's this subscription service called ps now mm-hmm. wait you knew about this <laughs> yes Alex. i didn't think anyone knew about this <laughs> yeah what did it, it you but you pay like 20 dollars a month uh-huh and what it is is you stream a game yeah but you can't download it first right so if you lag then the game is going to lag and there's always some latency yeah. Even on the best connection. Yeah. That's unreasonable to me. Well, I mean, unreasonable if that's your only option, but I think it's a reasonable option. Well, if it was... Eh, no. It's unreasonable even as an option. I mean, it's it's like, it's ridiculous. I don't think anybody would enjoy like playing like multiplayer games on there or anything, but well, like, yeah. it, you know, maybe you want to play like anything single player that is like not really hard or like maybe like some sort of like turn-based RPG or something like that. Would probably be a good fit. I guess for like a turn-based RPG. But here's the thing, Tom. Game pe- game feel is yeah. a term that you might have heard before, oh, and it's no, very yeah, it. important to me. Uh-huh. It's probably the most important thing. Right. So I'm not going to play anything with any latency, especially not something like Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, but, but there are people where that's not the most important thing. Mm. Different I'll, I'll have to take your word for it. I can't, <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. But so, so was your quest for Red Dead uh, a success? No, you never my, played my it. My quest for Red Dead is dead. I can't. I unless I'm gonna get a PS3. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this PS Now nonsense. You have a 360 lying around? No. Wow. I haven't had a 360 for longer than I haven't had a PS3. I've never done anything with a 360. You know? Okay. Well, I guess you'll never play Red Dead Redemption. Isn't that sad? I really want to play it. The second one's coming out too, and it's coming to Steam. If uh, it's coming to Steam, they should put the first one on Steam too. Is I, my view. I I think. Well, first of all, I think Red Dead Two, Red Dead Redemption Two for purists. Um, I don't think it's coming out on Steam right away. No, I think the PC version is coming out later than the console versions. I'm fine with that. Okay, but then what I was gonna say was, I think Red Red Dead Redemption is a fine game. I don't think you'd like it. Really? Yeah. I mean, do you oh. like GTA? I think it's okay. I like Cowboys. Yeah. I feel like I might like it more with Cowboys, GTA more with Cowboys. Okay, maybe, let me refer. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't dislike it, but you definitely wouldn't finish it. Well, yeah, that's probably true. I, I wasn't really planning on finishing it. I just wanted to, you Mess know, around. like 
ride a horse to a sunset and f- maybe find some guys, you know, like digging a grave, and I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? And they're bad guys, you know, digging up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know. You want to get that uh, dastardly achievement? You know that one? No, I don't know. You, really have to, you have to tie up a woman and put her on the train tracks with the train header. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I might try that. that. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. And then I do it to a guy, too, for because of quality. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I really wanted to play Red Dead, and eh, I mean, maybe I wouldn't even like it, you know? I, I can wait for two. Right. Which is coming out, when? Didn't they delay it? It's like earlier next year, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm. They, had to, they had to get out of the way for Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that, that's true. I, no, I, I scoffed, but I guess maybe people don't want to release stuff at the same time as Spider-Man. There's a lot of hype. No, I, I think, yes, that's true, but, but I think in this particular case, I think... Rockstar's not really afraid of anyone. I think if they, they're delaying yeah, their game, it's because they need more time for the game. <laughs> Especially a sequel to a beloved game that I'll never play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of beloved games that I'll never finish, right? we're talking about Hollow Knight this week. Oh, there we go. Yeah. A game that I've started twice and have loved and then not finished. All right, yeah. So for background, Alex started this. It was a while ago, right? When, when did you first play it? Yeah, this was way back. This was like a year ago, probably. I didn't even realize it was out that long because for me, it like I just didn't register it. I I knew it was out, but I just it was not in my mind until it came out on the Switch. Like I heard about the game, like that seems cool. I'll get it when it's on Switch. Yeah, I remember telling you, like giving you updates on when it's coming to the Switch because I wanted you to play it. Yeah, and then I still waited a little bit. I don't know yeah. why I waited so long. <laughs> it just actually, I think I do know why I waited so long. Oh, so for background, I I got it just like a month ago, like right after we recorded the last podcast, maybe right before. I don't even remember. But, um, but yeah, oh yeah, I think the reason I didn't like jump on it right away was because as, as much of like the good things that I heard about it, it didn't really look appealing to me. Like, I mean, purely visually. Yeah, I remember um, you, you were saying that. I, which, which might be strange to people because a lot of people have praised the art style. And the art style is beautiful. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I like the art in this game, but I think just like... The, you know, those images just standing on their own are not that great. I think where the game looks really nice is in motion. I think, for me, the the actual animation is more impressive than the static art. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I think the animations look really good, but I even think the game standing still looks great. What I th- the, the biggest strength for me is the character designs. So minimalistic, so simple. Ooh, but they... <sighs> Mm, I just love them. For me, I, I think it's so it's a little little samey. Everyone, whoa, a little not, samey. It's called culture, Tom. They have a culture. White masks, right? Robes, right? Well, what? Just, anyway, just to elaborate on what I was saying about the animation is, um, obviously the way the character moves and stuff. But you know, all the characters move. But I really specifically like because um, you know this game is a two D, um, and the the scrolling happens on like multiple like like four or five layers yeah even, it's like where, the old disney style right so like you're you know you're moving and that's like the the main foreground i guess i don't know what they really call it. but then there's stuff like <laughs> in front of you like closer to the screen yeah and there's like two layers of stuff behind you it looks really cool and then there's all sorts of nice little touches like when you jump there's always like a little like puff of dust behind you and it go and it's like in the direction that you jumped if you went straight up it goes straight if you go diagonal it goes diagonal big time um yeah, it's 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 cool. Um, it's those little things that really let you get into that world. Uh, it is though, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it looks great in motion. Uh, okay, so so let's talk about your your experience with the game. You you started. You, 
You played it twice from the beginning? You started over? Yeah. Okay. The reason being, the same reason I always restart every Metroidvania I play, I'll take a break from it, I'll come back, and I won't remember what the hell is going on. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, and it, it's it's not good to restart it either, because I always forget that I'm going to lose all my movement options. Mm. Which is kind of like, this is probably my biggest problem with Hollow Knight, is that when you when you restart it, yeah, which to me is a big part of playing Metroidvanias, mm-hmm. you you lose even the most basic like uh, dash forward. Right? Yeah. When when you start this game, all you have is just run and jump. No no wall yeah, run, jump. Jump attack. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's not much you can do. The the like the, the like fanciest movement thing you can do is if you jump in the air and attack downwards and you hit somebody with that you'll like kind of bounce off them yeah but like you know it's very situational um and so yeah it does it does kind of suck uh because in in these types of games the the way that they're driven is you you get new power-ups that unlock new areas and there's relatively few power-ups in the game total um i don't i don't know a number because i'm gonna be wrong i try to guess one but so what they do is they they start you off with nothing, right? Um, and it kind of sort of hurts the game, like as you're saying, because you, you your your options are just so limited. Yeah, I think. Well, the the big problem is at the beginning. Um, the fir- one of the first uh, power. What do you call it? Unlocks you get is the just the ability to dash forward, and that sort of as you're playing the game becomes the way you walk. Mm-hmm. Like you replace oh, yeah. walking with it. So. When you restart, you're just you're holding you're holding right. It's you're like, slow. wow, I really wish there was a way I could go faster here. It's it's slow and and um, also the dash makes like platforming easier, right? If you need to jump a long yeah. distance, even if you don't jump quite far enough, you can just dash in midair and you do it. And so I feel like in the beginning of the game, you have a lot of times where you like you miss a jump and it's like you don't take damage or anything. It's just like okay, I gotta go around again. Mm-hmm. And even the first area is populated with enemies who I understand obviously. You want to start your game off with enemies that are weaker than what are going to come later, but they're literally—they don't even acknowledge you. They just right. like crawl around on platforms and stuff like that. So the beginning of the game can be a bit of a like slog. Not yeah. that it's even that long; it just feels like I'm—it almost feels like I'm wasting my time, like getting to the real game. But again, I, I think those sort of feelings would only really come in on a repeat playthrough, right? Did you feel that your first time through? Because I really didn't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's—I'm talking about repeat playthroughs because, like I said, very important part of Metroidvania is for me. That's it's funny that you say that. Why, why do you think uh, replayability is is particularly important for that genre? Because I don't feel that way at all. It's because I never finish them, <laughs> and then I need to come back later. Okay. And I I, I want to be able to you know I feel like I'm playing the game again, because every time th- this this is a personal problem. I understand that. I'm not saying this is everybody, but every time I play a Metroidvania, I know I'm going to take a break from it. Yeah. Come back, not know what to do, restart the game feel like I'm not actually playing the game because I don't have any of the power-ups, and then stop again. That's where they get you. That's and where you know, get you. That's where I get me. And, you know, I don't want to blame the developers, but I blame the developers. I don't know why. So, so I was actually watching, believe it or not, Joseph Anderson Whoa. about this game. He hasn't made a video in a while. Go on. Well, yeah, and so I actually agree with him a little bit for once. And, and um, <laughs> I think what, what he was... I don't remember all the specifics, but kind of one point he was trying to make was that in this game, um, there's so many different ways you can go. Uh, like, you can do it 
you know, a lot of Metroidvania games have, like, you can do multiple objectives at once. It's not like there's only this one area that you can go to when you have these set of powers. Mm-hmm. But this one, it's, like, very, very open. Um, and you can get the powers in many different orders. And so I, I think something that they did was that they had to, because there are so few powers and because they want it to be really open like that, they had to limit which powers you can get early on. Yeah. And, like... Like you said, like the beginning of the game suffers for that on repeat playthroughs, but I think in the long run, it's a sacrifice that that was right to make. Yeah, it's not even like a real. It's it's not a real problem. It's more like just like a little pet peeve of mine because of this weird personality thing that I have. Yeah, but uh, I, I like the game a lot, and I will finish it eventually. Will you? No, but I <laughs> I, I, I will say until the day I die that I will finish it eventually. Okay, um, so so let's talk about some of the just like. There's just a couple like good things about the game I want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. One is uh, the way like your health and healing works. Um, yeah. So you have like you know just X amount of hit points. It's like I think you start with like five or something. You can take five hits, um, and then you have this meter that's called soul, um, and that fills up when you do damage, right? Yeah. And then you can use this meter like you you can. Use it up to heal back some of your life. Yeah, and you can also use it as an attack later in the game. Once you get that power, yeah. Once you get the power. Um, which you get relatively early on. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was cool because this uh, this allows for the game to be really forgiving when you're, like, you know, running around and exploring. Because, you know, when, when you're, like, out in the overworld... Uh, you know, if you take a hit here or there, it's fine. You can just stand there after you kill the guy and then heal yourself. Yeah. It's like no big deal. But at the same time, uh, it's it's slow. To heal yourself with soul, you have to hold down a button, like stand still for, mm. for like a full like second or two. Um, and so with the system, like it makes it hard to heal during boss fights. So it keeps... The whole game is like hard, quote unquote, like you'll get hit a lot. Mm-hmm. At least I did. Um, <laughs> but it's... You, it's very manageable, yeah. except when they don't want it to be. They yeah, can kind of modulate it, which I think is great. That's a good point. And it, it, it gets over that like little weird Dark Souls thing where a lot of the time you'll do repeated boss fights. So you'll make runbacks to the boss from the bonfire, yeah. but you'll take a hit and you'll have to use one of your Estus. So you'll lose resources as you're getting back to the boss. Okay, and yeah. Hollow Knight doesn't really have that problem as much because you could refill your proverbial... Estus during the boss fight. Yeah, but I I like though that it's still an element mm-hmm. that like you do need to be careful on your way back to the boss because it obviously is advantageous to go into the boss with a full meter. Yeah, but if you go in with empty meter, that's okay. It's just a little you'll more still, forgiving. Yeah, yeah, you'll still be able to heal. So I think that's really cool. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, one of the one of the other reasons why I don't think I was super excited to get into this game just from like seeing it mm-hmm. um, is that I'm kind of like uh, hesitant about uh, like a 2D game that has melee combat. Uh, do you know what I mean? No. Uh, so I feel like a lot of the times, mostly in like older games, I'm talking like, you know, Super NES, NES era, mm-hmm. um, where you have like a 2D game with melee combat, you end up a lot of the time having to be really precise, like, Getting up to getting right up to the enemy, right to where he's about to hit you, yeah, and then you hit, and then you have to turn around really fast. Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde on NES, <laughs> I know what you mean. pretty much, yeah. But so it's it's like a very like you have to go back and forth, back and forth to try to not get hit. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of time. You're just trying to get close enough to hit the guy, and he hits you, and it can be like kind of annoying. But this game makes this sort of combat feel really good uh, in just a just a couple of things. First thing is that when you hit somebody, I believe it knocks them back, and it also knocks you back yeah, away from you them. Get a little bounce so back. it so it you know gives you that distance. You don't have to keep constantly turn around every time you hit the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, like as part of that, I think I mentioned it before. Is if you're if you're in the air, you can slash downwards and mm-hmm. you can bounce off him. So you can do repeated jumps, like bounce off this guy, and and you can do that like to help you in combat, but also like to stay in the air longer and cross bigger gaps by bouncing off a guy. Yeah, that's really cool. And then and that's another thing that I thought was really cool about the game is how like. The further you go on, the more like air focused it becomes. Yeah, for sure. Like the more pa- all the power ups you receive sort of give you more options for staying in the air longer, and like the boss fights sort of become this like balancing act of like just trying to stay in the air and keep landing hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's not like mindless because because you can't. It's not, not like not uh, in Shovel Knight where you can just like hold down and you'll keep bouncing. You have yeah. to time your swing. Um, but the other thing I was going to mention that made like just the basic attack feel good is that. You swing in kind of an arc. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a long range, so I can hit a guy who's like pretty far in front of me. But also, it, it's a it's a really wide arc. So even if I swing just in front of me, there's a little bit of the attack that'll actually hit above me. Mm-hmm. So you don't always have if a guy's like kind of right at your like corner of your hitbox, you don't have to try to decide like oh shit, do I have to swing up or forward? It's yeah. like either one will probably be fine. Yeah, you never get any of those near misses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You like when you miss, it's because you you really miss. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> oh crap, I was one pixel you off. You missed, you fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that really hits the nail on the head because uh, I I I hate in like older games. Like I think about like Super Metroid, maybe where even Shovel Knight had this problem for me. Oh, Shovel Knight, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think it was more of a choice. I think they wanted that game to be harder. Yeah, um, and they wanted it to be retro. That's that's how it was. Yeah, but like what I was gonna say about Super Metroid is like you can aim in eight directions, right? Mm-hmm. Up, down, left, right, and all the diagonals. Um, but the enemies can come at you from much more than eight directions. Yeah, uh, here you don't have to worry about that because you have that wide swing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's sweet. Um, so where did you where did you get up to in the game? Uh, Both times, I have trouble remembering. Most recently, I got to Deep Nest, which Ooh. is near the end of the game. No. Well, I, no? <laughs> well, so so the thing is, it, it's funny, to, hard to talk about Hollow Knight like, in that way, because as, as I said mm-hmm. before, you can go in yeah. so many different directions, and and all all the directions you go in have something critical at the end, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. So, theoretically, like, there there's a path where Deep Nest is, like, the third or fourth place you go to. What? But, third or fourth, really? Yeah, you, I didn't think you were able to get there. That oh, okay. You can get to Deep Nest very quickly. Um, I remember but also to Deep Nest late. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I I think Deep Nest could be one of the last places you go to. Oh well, yeah. There you go. So it's harder to. I think I was nearing the end of the game. Is my point, but I can't actually know. I'm gonna guess you probably weren't. No, really? Wow. I don't know. I I went to Deep Nest pretty early. I gotta um, finish this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is funny it, it, so that that area in particular uh it's like it, it it feels like a late game area right like it's dark it's scary the enemies are kind of hard right mm-hmm. um and i went there kind of early and i was able to basically get to quote the end of it 
um, where it like opened up a shortcut that looped around to another area. Yeah. But it kind of was just like a dud for me <laughs> uh, because there's a thing at the end there that you need to do, but you mm-hmm. need a certain item to do it. But it's really just like something that you activate. Like there's no there's no like fight or anything. Yeah. Um. So I basically and I didn't have that item yet when I was there. So I got to the end of Deep Nest. There was no big boss fight. I was just like, okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I guess I can, that's a I can risk leave you now. Take with Metroidvanias, there's always going to be something you might do something really hard and not really get much of a reward for it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it, it, like it was a reward. Like getting there, it opened up a shortcut that would bring me back there, and I had to just go back there real quick to finish off the game mm. but it was like kind of annoying yeah so it was like i went through all that and i just had it all for the purpose of i just now get to come back here later real fast yeah um and so that's another one of the things they sacrificed when they made it really open like that mm-hmm. um but again i think it's it's fine but yeah uh i remember the one thing i did really early in my playthrough was um the the three mantis kings i think they were called okay yeah i got there really early on and uh i remember there was an npc who stands like near the arena where you fight them and he keeps saying make sure you upgrade your nail before you do this fight and i was like i haven't found the place to upgrade my nail yet and i'm killing these guys now well he gives you a little hint on where to go to upgrade your does he i don't remember that i i chose to ignore that well so so you okay you just said the mantis village was one of the first places you went to right it was an early place. Deep Nest connects to there directly. After you beat the man- the boss oh, of the it? Mantis Village, you just walk right into Deep Nest. I don't remember all how everything connects. That's that's another problem I have with Metroidvanias. I, I can't I can't put them together in my head that well. Like Dark Souls. Let's talk about Dark Souls for a sec. Oh yeah, no no one's ever done that on a podcast before. Yeah, Dark Souls. Has, has like uh, incredible world design that is reminiscent of a Metroidvania because there's a lot of shortcuts. There's a lot of you sure. Know, different it, it doesn't have the thing where you. It doesn't often have the thing where you like you need a certain power up to get through this place. Yeah, but it, it's similar. Yeah, and in my head, it, it it's perfect. I can I can go through the entire map in my head, and maybe it's just because I've played it so many times. But even early on, I had a better idea of where I was on the map. There's something about Metroidvanias. I think it's just because they're 2D. Yeah, maybe. That I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to. And you can only see so much at once. The, the nature of a two D mm-hmm. game is you just like have this one square that you can see in. Whereas you talk about Dark Souls, you know, you get to the top of the uh, whatever the cathedral, yeah, the, the bell tower, and you can look down on the whole path that you just took to get up there. Yeah, that's true. And that really solidifies it in your mind, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's a little, little difference there. A little difference. Yeah. Um, I don't know, so what there anything you what any other things you didn't like about Hollow Knight? Uh I don't know, besides my weird personal thing and the uh beginning being a little slow on replays. Uh not really. I I I, I just think it's I think I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is good. And uh I don't know, there's kind of I have a thing with um dark areas where you have to like buy a lantern and come back. Okay, I actually yes, I want to talk about this. Okay. Uh, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? That was it. Okay, well, there's the dark area. <laughs> that area that we keep talking about, Deep Nest. Um, as I said, it's somewhere you can get to really early, but it's super, super dark to the point where, like, you technically can get through it, but it's just hell. Like, you, you're you going to be just jumping into pits because you can't see them. Mm-hmm. For me, what ended up happening was, like, I got to that area, and I, I, ne- I didn't have the lamp item yet. 
So my options were I can just go do something else or I could go like all the way back to the town and then all the way back down to Deep Nest mm-hmm. to get the lantern and come back, um, which I guess I kind of just did this to myself. It annoyed me that I did that. Mm-hmm. I could have done something else, but like no, I, but I unlocked thing. this new area. I'm like, I want to see this. For me, there's only two options. I can go get the lantern right now and come back, or I could try to do it without the lantern, which I did. Oh, that's and terrible. And it's not possible, really. Now, r- remind me, though. Is Deep Nest... Deep Nest is the area with the silverfish and the big uh, centipedes that like come yep. out of the wall. Yep. Okay, I thought maybe for a sec I mistook it for something else. Never mind. Nah. Yeah, so that annoys me. And I think that's a thing that just annoys me in Metroidvanias in general. Like Backtracking is definitely part of the game, and a lot of the time it's good. Mm. But sometimes it's just like... there. Mostly like later in the game, like you've been, you've you've mastered these areas, like these enemies are no problem for you, whatever. And it's just like I need to go talk to this NPC here, or I mm. I miss this collectible, I want to go back and get it. And it's just such a pain to to go back through this whole area. I I think I I wish they, they there is a fast travel system in the game. Yeah, it's at very specific points. There's not too many of them. I kind of wish that maybe at like a certain point in the game, like you could unlock another power that opens up more fast travel points. You know, because I I like how sparse they are because it you know makes it feel like you're lost. There's like a sense of despair. Yeah. Right. But uh, like I was saying, like later on when you just need to go back into areas and pick up some more things, do some like cleanup, it's really annoying. You wanted to unlock the Lord Vessel. Uh. Yeah, but it's even more powerful than oh, that. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess something like that would be fine. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that's no. <laughs> the same thing. Because that's the that same thing. In, in Dark Souls, you get the Lord Vessel, you can teleport to bonfires, but only certain ones. Yeah, yeah. That's basically the same thing that they have in, in Hollow Knight. Oh, here's an annoying thing. The the equivalent of like the bonfire in Hollow Knight, the, the checkpoint, is a, a bench that you sit on. Mm-hmm. Right, You rest there. That's where you'll respawn if you die. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a checkpoint. In Dark Souls, there's an item called the Homeward Bone, where you use it and you just return back to your last checkpoint. Yeah, there's nothing like that in this game that I found. I'm I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist. Um, and sometimes you like the fastest way to your next objective is to go back to the bench mm-hmm. and then go to that objective. I found out if you just quit the game and then reload it. It just brings you back to the bench with no oh, penalty, really? and no, it doesn't. You don't lose any progress. No. Oh. Yeah. It's, so, like, if I if I go from the bench mm-hmm. and I go north a million squares and beat uh-huh. a boss, and I have to go all the way back down south now, I can just quit the game and reload, and I'll go back to the bench. The boss will still be dead. Really? I'll have the item I got from the boss. Yeah. So I was doing that all the time because it just made sense to. Oh. It just it just seems like kind of an oversight to me that they would not just make that easier to do, give you an item to do it. Yeah, at first I was going to say that's a little too nitpicky that like you wanted a homeward bone item, but then I didn't know that you could just quit the game and do do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, cuz cuz at first I was like I was like oh, I guess they just made this decision they don't want me to easily get back to the bench. Yeah. I'm kind of annoyed by that, but if that's a decision they made that's fine by. Like, Wait a second. There's a way in this game that they easily could have prevented. They definitely know that you can do this, and they yeah. didn't. So, yeah, that's that, that that that's odd. That's an oversight. It seems like. Yep. Um, there's one. There's another thing I was gonna say. Speaking of the benches, I like how. Uh, what's the upper the surface area called? 
uh, the the town. Yeah, the town. It's like Dirtmouth, or is it Dirtmouth? Yeah, Dirtmouth, Dirtmouth. <laughs> well, when you're in Dirtmouth, there's a there's an NPC you unlock at one point who's like a chubby fangirl that you have basically. What? She she I don't know. She's just like a chubby bug girl who likes you a lot. And I missed this. What? Really? I, oh well, when you sit on the be- once you meet her, you know how everyone goes to Dirtmouth. Oh, mouth? I've seen screenshots of her. I did not find her in the game. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I don't remember where I found her, but yeah. But once you find her, she um she sits by the bench at Dirtmouth. So whenever you go up there, you you sit on the bench and she just stares at you and like wrings <laughs> her hands. And then once you get up, she like she like nervously looks around and she tries to look at something else. It's it's very cute. I love that little interaction, and I'm sad that you missed it. I'm sad that I missed it too. But that's the thing, like. A lot of the, like, as I get towards the end of the game, I start looking things up. I'm like, all right, what mm-hmm. you know, what did I miss? And a lot of the things that I find, like I looked them up. I'm like, it would be no challenge to go back and get this, but like, do I really want to spend the 20 minutes just backtracking through this area to do it? Yeah. Not really. If you had a teleporter, a late game teleporter, then you'd go do it. Yeah, yeah, I guess I would. Um, oh, I remember the other thing I wanted to talk about. So. Another uh, thing borrowed from Dark Souls in this game is the concept that you you die, you lose all your currency, and you mm-hmm. have to go back and pick it up. Um, and they try to put this twist on it where it's like a spirit. You leave like this ghost of yourself, and you need to fight it um, to get your stuff back. And I, how, how do you feel about that? I don't mind it. The only thing I mind is when it like sort of winds up above a pit, or just like in the middle of dead air. Oh really? And it's sort of hard to reach. I found that it was usually pretty good at like because I die in some like pretty precarious places, and it was the game was usually pretty good about putting the spirit near there, but somewhere that was yeah. Accessible. Oh, I remember having a, having a little trouble with that sometimes. I mean, it's possible that um, the spirit placement changed in patches. Yeah, yeah. Because I true. played a lot more recently than you did, I think. Um, I don't know, but it was eh. definitely better than Shovel Knight's take on the same thing. That one would wind up in pits, like, all the time. Like, impossible to get places. Yeah, their thing with that was you could, like, expend magic to throw stuff. Yeah, yeah. At it. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole, like, shade mechanic, uh, I didn't really like it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, put, put it this way, I I never... I, I died a lot in this game. Um, but I never had a thing where I died and I was unable to kill the shade and retrieve my stuff. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> it just feels like the whole mechanic is unnecessary. Yeah. Like, there was never really a punishment for dying, and they just try to... It just seemed artificial, you know? Mm. Well... Uh, and, 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 the, and fighting the shade, like, it dies in two hits. It's like, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, it, it probably would have been better if it, like, uh, if they went the Bloodborne path, where it, like, infuses an enemy near it. I don't like that either. Really? <laughs> just, just let me have my stuff. That's 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 like a challenge, though. You know, because like the harder the you're likely to die to harder enemies. So like it, it sort of just I don't know. It's just that's fun to me. I get it. I, I I see the appeal to it, but it doesn't really do it for me. Like the I I had like one time where it was like tense. Like oh shit, I'm almost dead. I need to kill it right mm-hmm. now. But that like I don't know. I would. I think I probably would have enjoyed the game more without it. Wow! But that's that's not to say I think it shouldn't be in there. Just me personally, my tastes. I would. Have Sounds enjoyed. like you're saying you think it shouldn't be in there. No. <laughs> um. Well, all right. I think just like one last thing I want to say is I think this is just a concept that's in 
every sort of Metroidvania game, which is like getting lost, feeling really far away from a safe spot, and then getting back to this, opening up an easy shortcut or getting a, a power. And I think mm-hmm. this this game does that exceptionally well. Um, and, and the biggest example of it is there's a power um, that basically lets you uh, like just charge up and then you fly forward and you'll keep yeah, going yeah. until you hit something. Um, and so I, I went on this really long journey, like really far east on the map, and I felt completely lost, and I, I knew it was, like, a long distance. And so I was, felt, like, very uneasy, very far from home, which is, like, the town. And then I got this power, and you just fly all the way across, like, the whole range of the map. And that and you land back in the town. I thought that was, like, a super memorable moment. Yeah, great uh, moment. Really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I think, I think that about wraps it up for Hollow Knight. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about it. I like it. I'll never finish it. <laughs> Okay, um, so you've been playing some other stuff, right? Yeah, I'll talk about... Mm, I, I've been playing more of something else, but I'll talk about Cave Story a little bit, just because it's really... It, it, while we were talking about Hollow Knight, a lot of the stuff could have applied to Cave Story as well. Mm-hmm. Cave Story is a, um, it's an old indie game. It's a 2D platformer shooter. Okay. Mix. Is it not a Metroidvania game? I've never played it, believe it or not. That's the thing. I went into it not sure whether it would be or not, and it kind of... It's not, but it it has it, it, like it's reminiscent of one. Okay. Which in like um, you you start the game in a big sort of hub world and you teleport to other areas from there, so it's not a Metroidvania at all. Really, it's not like connected. But while you're in those other worlds, you there's a lot of backtracking. Okay. And there's a lot of like it, it's it's. It's interesting because it's just one long. They're basically one long hallway. Mm-hmm. All the all the worlds with uh, with stuff in them, like you know, there, there's some obstacles that you need an item to get through, but it's all linear. So it, it, it what it reminded me of was like a Metroidvania, but simplified to a point where you're not able to get lost. Or oh, okay. The, and there's not really exploration. It's really it turns the the Metroidvania exploration into just like puzzle solving, where like. It's not hard puzzle solving, but it'll be like you need to find an item to get past this little door, mm-hmm. and you have to find the enemy that drops the item. So let me ask you: do, do you do you tend to like that better than like traditional Metroidvania? Do you like being a little bit more directed? The thing is, I feel like I don't want to like it better, but I do. Yeah, it's no, sort of, I, I I feel that sometimes too. Yeah. Like I want, I, I always want to be able to say that, like, oh, I want ultimate freedom in a game. I want to do, whatever, I want to make my own mistakes. But sometimes I just want to be fucking told where to go right. and not get lost. Right. So I, I like that both exist. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you should, um, you should check out. Uh, have you ever played Metroid Zero Mission? Uh, no. Because that is a. It's like a remake of the original. Yeah, and it's mm. much more directed, and yeah, uh, it's a lot harder to get lost in that game. I haven't played Zero. My favorite is uh, Fusion. How, I think Fusion is in the yeah. same vein as that. And I liked Fusion a lot, so I, I will have to try Zero Mission at some point. Okay. Sorry for the sidetrack. Uh, no, no, cave no, story. fine. I, lo- I always love a nice game suggestion from Tom, and it's always Metroid. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I recommended sure. you two Metroid games ever. Mm, okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, reminiscent of like a simplified Metroidvania. Um, and the other thing... it. it this was definitely... I never hear people say when they talk about Undertale, which everybody talks about Undertale. Everyone does talk about Undertale. 
I never hear them mention Cave Story, but I feel like Cave Story was absolutely a, uh, a an influence on it. Here's the story. Have you you've played Undertale? No. Oh, okay. That's another one. I've heard a lot of great things, and just, it does not look like I'd like it. Yeah, I, I like Undertale, but I don't. It's definitely overrated, and there are other <laughs> some play Lisa instead of Undertale. But here's okay. the thing. Uh, here's the story of Cave Story and Undertale. Mm. Uh, you are a androgynous little piece of shit. Oh. who falls down a hole into an underground world full of uh, bunny people. They're not actually bunny people in Undertale, but there are people that look like bunnies. Okay. And uh, they're having some sort of crisis, and you are simultaneously trying to get back to the surface while helping solve the crisis. Okay. That's essentially the story of both games. With, with bunny and- people in both. Yeah, they're 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 quasi sort of, bunny people. They're goat people, really, in Undertale, but they look similar. Okay, the female goats look animal like people. Yeah, and uh, it's it, it just I, I, and even like the sense of humor in both games really like reminded me of each other. Yeah, in Cave Story, there's uh there's an item where like it's a hidden item where it's one of the characters' panties, mm-hmm. and you find it hidden behind a wall, and it sort of unlocks things, but it's like an optional item. Okay. That's a total Undertale move right there. <sighs> That that reminds me of Undertale so much, and th- there's so much stuff like that that I I'm just shocked that I never hear them talked about in the same. And there's also a, a lot of people talk about, uh, oh, you you're gonna do your first playthrough of Cave Story and you're gonna think it's okay, but then you're gonna do your ninth playthrough and it's like holy shit, this game is amazing. That's the why same th- because there's uh, stuff that you're gonna miss. There's multiple endings that you have to unlock in ways that are sort of vague. And you, uh, you don't know you don't know how it is on the first run. I hate that to be honest. Yeah, you always talk about how much you hate that. I li- <laughs> I, I like that. Um, yeah, I like like I like that. That to me is like you know how they're uh, David Cage games or whatever like yeah. games where like you you make choices but they don't matter. <laughs> like Heavy Rain. and yeah. the Detroit become human. That that always. Well, I don't know about Detroit. I don't know if that has the. Well, same that's just context for David Cage matter. games. Yeah, but it. Uh, it, 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 these kind of games feel like it actually is. There are choices you you can make that matter, but mm. and they're like so subtle that you don't even know if you're making them or not. I like that. Okay, it's not as good as Lisa. Lisa has real choices you make that matter yeah. and subtle ones. Perfect game. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like that about Cave Story. And uh, so point being, it's a lot like Undertale. I like it. Uh, it's it's pretty. Sh- it's it's really simple. It's like. They, people say it's like the first really big indie game or something mm-hmm. like that, and it, it gives that feel. It's like, old, right? Do you know what year it came out? No, I don't know what year it came out, but I, I'm playing Cave Story Plus, which is like the remake, and there's like four it's different like a remakes. It's full-on remake? Yeah, well, it's it's updated graphics and all that, but it's oh, the okay. same like that, layout and all that's that. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, but it, it, it's, it's like a really straightforward game. It's just like what you th- what I think of when I think of like, pixel indie game it's mm-hmm. like the, it's like the quintessential version of that where it's like quirky it's got nice uh graphics and, and music and it's fun and it's poppy and it's got like interesting mechanics that that's, it gets by on its interesting like mechanics one of the things is, well, what uh, are the interesting mechanics well i was about to mention all right uh you have uh enemies drop health uh ammo stuff that you normally expect them to drop but they mm-hmm. also drop these little yellow diamonds and at first, I didn't know what they were. I, th- I assumed they were some sort of currency, but there is no currency in the game. What they do is, whatever weapon you're holding, when you pick up a yellow diamond, it fills up a little bar. And that's the level of your weapon that you're okay. currently holding. All right. So there are three levels to every weapon. 
and it uh the the weapon gets better the more you level it up. And if you drop it, do you lose the level? You can't drop weapons. Oh, okay. You okay. just have all your weapons on you at all times. But uh, what what which thing you have in your hand? Which weapon you have in your hand when you pick up a yellow diamond? That's the thing that gets leveled up. But the interesting thing is when you get hit, it's really easy to level them up. You can do it in like five minutes. But when you get hit, you lose not only some of your health, but some of your gun level up. Okay. So that sort of prevents you from like, even if you do have a lot of health, you can't just let yourself get hit a lot. Oh, I see. Unless you're willing to sacrifice the strength of the gun you're holding. So that gives you a lot of like strategization in that I'll be like, okay, I have enough health that I could get hit by this boss a lot in this phase. So I'll, I'll run in, I'll do as much damage as I can with the rocket launcher at level three until it gets leveled down. Then I'll back up because my health will be dropping low and my weapon isn't doing as much damage. I'll drop up, use the machine gun from a distance. That sounds pretty cool. There's a lot of like cool, like, yeah, like little subtleties in the mechanics like that. And I thought that was like a really interesting idea. I've never seen that before with like you lose your level's strength as you get hit as well as your health. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. yeah is, uh, I assume the game's mad cheap right now because it's old uh i don't know i bought it forever ago i'm not sure i, th- I think I, I got it for like 10 bucks yeah maybe i'll check it out because uh i'm, I'm really experiencing the, the summer drought oh yeah it's like there's like no new games that come out there's not even man after e3 there's like not even any news to i like know. keep you going i know i did find out that uh i was talking about two games that that i was looking forward to from e3 the most were tunic and sable mm. And I found out they're both coming to Steam. I didn't think either of them were. I was complaining on one of the other podcasts that they were Xbox exclusives. I don't know why I thought that. What, just, probably just because they were showed at the Microsoft press yeah, conference? Yeah, I guess so. The Xbox briefing? Yeah, that's, that's fun, though. That's exciting for me. Yeah. Are that's those... like news for me, except it's not news. It's just me being dumb. That's news to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all, like, man, all I've been doing is just like refreshing stuff about Spider-Man. We all know I'm hyped for that. You are so hyped for Spider-Man. There I was have. a big news drop y- yesterday, right? There was. All the previews came out. Mm. I'm ready. Um, but yeah, so what, what do you... I feel like you rarely... It feels like you rarely rarely play new games. You're like always going through older stuff, right? Yeah. So do you like ever even... I guess you don't even really feel like the summer drought. No. I, I just have such a huge Steam library of games that I've never played like that, like this is another cave story. I've just had it sitting there, and I've been. Oh, and this is your first it. time playing it. Yeah, and this is the first time I've, I've played it. That's cool. You think you're gonna finish this one? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm already past one of the endings. I think like there was one point of like shortly after I stopped playing the last time was uh or you know I, the point I'm at is right past the point where a character was like, "Do you want to escape with me? We can get out of here right now." And I think that was like the first ending. And if I said yes, the game would have ended there. Mm. That's what I think. I'm not sure if it actually would have happened or not. Okay. But I, I'm I'm nearing the end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like really looking for stuff. Uh, not not a lot of stuff has been interesting me recently. I, I got, mm. um, you know, I've had The Witness for a while. I yeah. bought it as like the Steam Winter Sale or something, I think. I played it for like two, three hours. And I was like... Yeah, that's the same story with me. I, I'd, I'd recommend just watching Joseph Anderson's video about it Why? rather than playing it. Because after I watched the video, I didn't want to play it anymore. Not because he trashes it. He doesn't. Well, he probably... That's what I wanted from the game. I wanted to see the visuals, and I wanted to like think about stuff and like be a little philosophical. But I don't want to solve all those fucking puzzles. 
Well, I think I think kind of the strength of the witness, even if it didn't fully draw me in, is that uh, there's you know it's a puzzle game, obviously, and there's a lot of different types of puzzle. They all like involve like moving a line through mm-hmm. a sort of maze. Um, but there's a bunch of different rules that come in gradually, and it never tells you what they are. Yeah, it just teaches you what they are with increasingly complex puzzles. Like, it gives you the simplest one that you cannot possibly do wrong, and then it gives you one that has, like, two ways you can do it, and one of them is right, and so you mm-hmm. learn the rule through that. Yeah, and I think that's, like, pure, unadulterated game design. Right that's there. amazing, yeah. But I don't want to do the puzzles. That's the problem. And it's not even the game's fault. It's my fault. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's just not a game for me, but it happened to be in a visual style where I like the graphics and I want to look at them. Yeah. I mean, it does. It does look nice. It does. Looks like classic Unity. And one of the programs, one of the programmers for it, mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but uh, on YouTube he has a like four hundred part video about how to code a game from scratch in C plus plus. Okay, it's been ongoing for like two years. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. He's doing it for like no money. He's just doing a whole thing. It's like two hour video every week. It's a stand up guy going right on there forever. Just want to give him a little shout out. Don't remember his name. Don't remember his YouTube channel. Wow. Great shout-out. Yep. That's a high-quality shout-out. Shouts out to that guy. Um, okay, yeah, so another another thing I was playing, was be, because I was so goddamn bored, yeah. is I actually booted up No Man's Sky Ooh. because they had that big update uh, a week or two ago. I'm always hearing about big No Man's Sky updates. Well, yeah, there's. I think there's been, like, three at this point. Um mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, you know, which things were added where, but I know that since launch in these big updates, they've added base building, uh, vehicles, they've added a survival mode, and um, they added, you can like, ha- I, I think this was added after launch, where you could like have uh, a giant ship, like a freighter that just like stays in space. Yeah. Um, Something with NPCs, I think they added. So they changed the NPCs in some way. No, maybe. Um, and now, and now, I think the big thing with this one is that you can like group up with friends. Oh, okay. And do stuff. Um, that doesn't interest me at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny because obviously, like No Man's Sky got a lot of hate at launch. And I think one of the biggest mm-hmm. things was that people were led to believe that there was that you could uh, encounter other players. That it was um, actually like one world that everyone's in, but it's so big that you would never actually encounter each other. Right. Um, and I actually still, because the world actually is as big as they say it is. Like, yeah. There are whatever quintillion planets. Mm, um, it's not as interesting. So I, ne- I actually don't even understand how people manage to get to the same planet uh, like yeah. on, on the first day, because that did happen. Yeah, I remember. It just I think it was just coincidence. People just happened to spawn right near each other. But that's like... Statistically improbable, like I, well, well. <laughs> I no, like really improbable. Oh, like I, I quintillion, that's a big number. I know, but there is always that chance that two people spawn on the same planet. It's not impossible. I, I don't want to <laughs> there, get. There's, too... there's always a chance that everyone could have spawned on the no, same here's planet. The thing. I, I know they didn't spawn in the same place. Yeah, I think they just happened to like. And also, I, I don't think there is a chance that everyone could spawn on the same planet. I, I actually don't think there's a chance that anyone could spawn on the same planet because... Well, the game probably limits it, right? Well, I, I think with, with, with my, my comp sci knowledge, oh, I am go. a programmer, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that y- usually when, um, when computers randomize things, 
they use a timestamp. Yeah. Like, they use the current time down to, like, a microsecond or something like that as a seed. And so there's no way we started at the exact same time, and so there's no way we could have the same seed, and so there's no way we could land in the same place. I think that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no true randomization with computers, right? They always have to have something yes. to work off. So, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a big sidetrack. Um, <laughs> a lot of people were mad about that game at launch. Uh, for for me, it met my expectations. Uh, like, it, it had what I thought it was going to have. Like, you know, I expected it to just, like, fly around to some cool planets, see weird stuff, and, like, that is it. See, to me, like... I was hype about the game. I was really hype when it was first announced. Like I was one of those crazy people online who was just like screaming about No Man's Sky. You see, that wasn't me. But uh, that that was me. But then I I realized before it came out that I wasn't it wasn't going to live up to my expectations. Yeah. And that what they said was in it wasn't actually going to be in it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that annoyed people. Not that it wound up being bad. It was that they kind of just said a lot of stuff was going to be there that clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like um, sandworms. I wanted there to be sandworms. They show them in one of the trailers. Yeah. Were there not? I, I no. don't even know. Yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, they, they, they definitely fucked up. They, they overhyped their own game. They, they, said, they said there would be stuff that was not there. And um, that was wrong. But I, I think now uh, that guy, Sean Murray, who was, like, the face of the dev team, mm-hmm. he, like, he knows exactly what he did wrong. And he's – I've read some recent interviews with it of him uh and it sounds like he's kind of taking responsibility for that like lesson learned yeah um and they've supported the game a lot now i well what i'm getting is i in my mind hello games their reputation is not tarnished for me like if they came out with another game i mm. would i wouldn't it wouldn't be instant buy but i would definitely give them a chance uh well i, I would I, I would give anyone a chance after reviews and stuff come out and i figure and i realize that but there are other there are other games that come out aren't very good, and they get better mm-hmm. without the developer having lied about what was going to be in it when it first came out. Yeah. Like, but- I don't think they wouldn't have gotten any hate if they just explained what it was and explained that they had a plan. They could go forward and add more. And yeah. even if after they lied, they could have just said, this isn't the final version of the game. We are going to add more stuff. But they just went on like media blackout for like six months. Yeah, and I think we may have talked about this before on this show, but... I. I, I don't think it makes sense for us to really speculate about that because we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Like, if Sony was telling them that they can't say anything, like, what their PR team was making them do. That's true, but I'm what I'm saying, I'm not saying that I'm mad at Sean Murray or sure. whatever. I'm saying that somebody, somebody did something. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and this studio was involved, whether it's their fault or not. Yeah. So it does make me lose, like, it, it does tarnish their reputation or whatever for me. Can't can't disagree with that. Um, do do you own the game though? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say because if you already own it, uh, I think it's worth taking it for another spin with with this update. Um, I this is my first time coming back in a long time, so I don't know what new stuff is new to this update specifically. Yeah. Um, but coming from the last time I played, like there's a lot. I started a new game, and it seems there's like actually kind of a story now. Way more like objectives that it gives you and. NPCs that you meet. Um, also, like, the way uh, crafting works is is much more in-depth. Like, I remember at launch, you would basically just get materials and you'd make stuff out of those. Now, you can, uh, like, build 
like like structures that help you craft. Like uh, I think the biggest example is like a refiner. Mm-hmm. So like you you build this refiner, you put it down physically in the world, and then you put like some sort of metal in one end of it, then you have to put some fuel in it, and then the, it'll burn the fuel to turn that metal into like refined metal, which you can use to make more advanced stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. Uh, but it, in the in the long run, for me, I'm not. I don't really get, get into games that much that have a lot of like crafting and building. It's yeah. just I, like I really appreciate the depth that's there, but it's just too slow for me. Mm-hmm. But so I really appreciate the inclusion of a creative mode in the game where you basically just have unlimited resources. Yeah, creative and, modes are always good. And that's you know what I want for No Man's Sky is I want to fly around and see cool planets and and mm. get a cool ship. And so that's what. So I started a new game on creative mode, and I'm like, sweet, I can just, yeah. I get this big like frigate thing, take this across the galaxy, and see weird shit. We'll say I though, I, I I I appreciate that idea of like wanting to see weird shit and all that. But to me, what the from what I've seen, like the gameplay and the screenshots, I, I've watched a decent amount of gameplay. The game just looks ugly to me. Do you do you not think that? So, and a uh, lot of the planets look very samey. A lot. So it looks. I think there's a, a reasonable distribution of planets that are but ugly and planets that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes it nice when you see a planet that's beautiful yeah. after seeing a bunch of like ones that are just brown. Um, but even the ones that do look nice, they don't look like that. Like the graphics yeah. still aren't that good. Yeah. It, it, yeah, absolutely. And my, my actual biggest problem with the game is that the performance is terrible. Because mm-hmm. uh, like... You can make it look pretty good if you, you know, go all ultra. But I'm I'm working on a uh, I have a 1080 graphics card and I I can't get uh, a stable 60 frames on that game at all. I don't know. I I, I actually <laughs> like joined a Discord server to like talk about it. To, like there's like a tech help Discord server that I found on Reddit. Oh really? Um, for this game. And people were saying, like, oh, yeah, like, you should definitely be able to get that with this car. And they were telling me, try this, try that, you know, change this in the NVIDIA control panel. And uh, it just wasn't happening for me. Yeah, technology was a mistake, man. (laughs) Yeah. So the the game, yeah, I I definitely see what you're saying. It could look a lot better. And here's the thing. I just want to recommend to anyone out there, if you think, if you want to play something like No Man's Sky... But you don't like want to drop the, the sixty dollars or whatever. I don't think it's sixty dollars anymore. Okay, well if you if you want to play something like No Man's Sky, that's that's really good. Check out Astroneer. Great game. Early access. Oh At least in early access, so that they could add things to the game. The thing is, I like early access. It gets shit. It gets it gets abused. Yeah. But when it go when you, it's the way it's supposed you really, to be. Uh, you really value that Daisy purchase that you made. That's the worst purchase I ever made in my life. But I like early access. Because it allows me it. Here's the thing. Astroneer, yeah, is beautiful. Okay, and it's everything that No Man's Sky said it would be and more. Terraforming, it's there. You they have that now. Fl- no Man's Sky. <laughs> it, Astroneer is beautiful, and everybody should play it. And it's uh, underrated. Okay, I've literally never heard of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at some videos for that right after this. Thing, it's a goddamn beautiful game. And it has so much cool stuff in it, and I want more people to talk about it. Astroneer, it's better than No Man's Sky. Go, go buy it. Uh, yeah, and it's just, it's, it's, that's, that's all I really wanted to say about that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'll check that out. Uh, that, that sounds like a good place to start winding down. Oh, okay. Uh, 
let's let's do a little preview for next time. What 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 can we expect to hear from you next time? Well, I'll talk about Enter the Gungeon probably because I've been playing it nonstop for two months. Yeah, and we haven't really had time to talk about it here, but I like it a lot. I mean, we can talk about it. We can talk for like another ten minutes if you want. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the okay. Enter the Gungeon is a top-down shooter in the style of Binding of Isaac. Yeah. But here's the thing. I never... People love Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. And I could never get into it. And the reason is a little something I like to call game feel. Oh, baby. I just... It, it's just something about Binding of Isaac. The, the bullets feel like they have literally no impact. Ooh. And it feels very floaty. And I think that might be the point. But have you gotten a bunch of upgrades and stuff? Well, that's the thing. I, I never really got that far into it because I don't like the way it feels. If you play for like more than ten minutes, mm-hmm. like you'll feel the impact. Are you sure? It's been a while since I played, <laughs> but I like you definitely start off weak and then you get power ups and you get them really fast. Like you can go through that game really, really fast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I have played Binding of Isaac. Yeah, well. I'm not like just saying I don't like Binding of. Isaac. I have played it. Yeah, and I, it just didn't have the punch that I require in okay. these types of games. Enter the Gungeon, very punchy. There's uh oh there, once you get good at it, it feels amazing to play. Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a mechanic where there will be it's it, it, okay. It's basically it's top down like Binding of Isaac, and it's uh, randomly generated levels, but they don't like really look randomly generated. Like you don't go through it, and you're like, oh, I didn't realize they were re- they were generated like that. That's cool. I know that's the thing. It, 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 they do a really good job with it. It's not like uh, in Bloodborne where you're going through those weird uh, dungeons that are all just square rooms, and you're like, God, why am I playing this game? Uh little tangent there for mm. you. You didn't like that. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, but the, uh, they do a really good job of it. In some of the room, there are going to be tables. And what you can do is you can uh, either slide over the tables what, when you use your dodge roll, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a faster way to get to where you're going. Or you can flip them, use them as a shield. So it's, it's the kind of game where at first it feels sort of, sort of like jerky, and like you don't really know, like you're, you're just like getting hit all the time. Yeah. But once you get into the swing of things... Oh my God! You're rolling all over the place. You're flipping tables. You're dodging stuff. Feels very good. What, what about um, what about the way it looks? It looks great. It looks beautiful. You think so? You don't like the way it looks? I uh, think it looks. I think I think it looks really good. I watched a video of it, and it just looked like kind of a clusterfuck to me. Oh man! For me, what what I, I again, another game in the same exact style that I like is Nuclear Throne. Mm-hmm. But that game is what I consider a clusterfuck because. You can't even like tell where the bullets are a lot of the time, so you just die, and you're like, "What? I didn't even see the bullet." Yeah. This this game to me has very clear, you know, you're able to tell the difference between what is your ammo and what is the enemy's, and it just, I don't know, it, it has a good visual style. I think. You know, maybe, maybe for I I think I watched a video of this game like two minutes after a session of playing Hollow Knight. And the art styles are very sort of opposite. <laughs> Hollow Knight's yeah. very like clean and minimal, and this is the opposite. So maybe I was just like assaulted, Whoa. overloaded. Yeah, I mean there are a couple of guns. Like there's a, there's one gun. This is another thing. There's like there's like a thousand different guns in the game, and they all do different stuff, and it's really cool. Uh, one of them is called the Super Meat Gun. Mm. It's like Super Meat Boy, and it shoots uh, buzz saws. Yeah, at like a really fast rate, and they bounce off walls. Mm-hmm. So if you use that gun, you're just like in like a sea of buzz saws, and it's like a fucking mess. But it's it's usually not like that. Like that's like there are certain guns that make it harder to see around you and stuff. But that's also another thing. The super the super uh, meat gun is really powerful. So you're sort of sacrificing visuals, like your visual uh, awareness awareness for power. 
Yeah. And strength. And, you know, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> That's cool. Maybe, no, maybe I'll check that out because I really don't know what to tell you that I'm going to talk about next time because I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just nothing until Spider Man. You're just gonna have to talk about Astroneer and enter the Gungeon, I guess. I, I guess that's what's gonna have to happen. Yeah. So look forward to that. Uh, I think I think that about covers it. Yeah, that's about it. I ranted about PS Now, right? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's all I wanted to do today. So we're we're done. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in to listen to Alex's rants about PS Now mm-hmm. and other things, actual game discussion. Uh, yeah, a little. Yeah, we'll see you again in probably about a month. Uh, please remember to uh, leave a comment if you have anything you want us to talk about, or you can email at us at a postgamecontentshow at gmail.com. And yeah, have a good night, everyone. Bye bye.